And you see, that is why you never transport down to Ryza without a Horgon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More on that story That's later. Funny. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of whatever age you might be. I mean, hey, you might not even be a boy or a girl. You might be a, I don't know, Cardassian at this rate. <clears throat> Welcome to the first inaugural, whatever the hell you want to call it, episode of Off the Bridge Fanfest Commencings. <laughs> Chaos. There we go. This will be the chaotic, mostly Trek related, but hopefully some other kinds of sci fi, uh, crap talking show. Um, parts of these are planned, parts of them are not. We got some really cool little episode ideas for later on down the line, which we'll get into soon. But, um, I am Jay. You guys all know me from Twitch, other failed talk show podcast thingy, Majigga What's It? And I am joined by my captain, oh captain, who will introduce themselves. Oh god, um, hey, it hit me, I'm your <laughs> local, usually an idiot in chat, you probably know me as Jane Wine. Bit pretentious that I don't really, but it is what it is. <laughs> pretentious? Wow. I'll be here to shit talk. Maybe, but never, no, what? Ever. Potentials? Oh, not me. Not at all. Ever. No, no, not at all. Um, our resident Cardassian sympathizer, which we will go into one day on an episode. We have an episode entirely <laughs> built around that. That's going to be so good. Um, we're going to be having uh, some really cool little uh, sections, hopefully, down the line. We're going to hopefully get some more co-hosts in along the lines. Uh, along the way, even. Words. Stuff. Hell yeah. I need someone to debate me. Yes, I have a really cool idea for a debate section that we could do at some point because that 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 make Cardassia great again episode is going to be so good. Um, but this is not going to be like your any other podcast. This is going to be us, us us just talking shit, as you can imagine. There is no real kind of script. Janeway has notes. With your own shit as well. Yes, because <laughs> we will always take the extras. Uh, now that that BS is out of the way. Um, I want to push it on this one straight away, but I feel like we need to do it a little bit later, though. Uh, let's talk state of Star Trek in general, I guess. Oh, like, Ooh, are you sure? I ain't got any <laughs> coffee. I'm I'm rampant today. This is this is gonna be uh, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting one because like we've we've been talking about this a little bit, and um, a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit being an understatement. Um, we're we're resident Star Trek buffs that will kind of sort of know most things, but not everything. Yeah, I studied Star Trek like it was a degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I someone more knowledgeable than me. That's for a start. Um, even though I've been watching it since I was like twelve, but there we go. You know what? Let's start on the typicals. Um, best series, <laughs> like uh, best incarnation of Star Trek to this point. Oh, that's interesting. That's very that's difficult because it changes like every week for me personally. I think right. like it's always Voyager is always in the top two. Absolutely no surprises there for anyone. None whatsoever. <laughs> but at the minute I kind of think it's TOS, just because I'm going through that nostalgia kick. I'm doing my complete rewatch as well. So Ooh. I'm currently on that's always a good thing too. Like uh, TOS is always definitely, definitely, definitely got to be in your top three, no matter where you are when when it comes to Star Trek. But like, if you can't I have the thing about... that birthed it, you know. Yeah, 
I think in my heart of hearts it is Voyager though. I just keep denying it. I get hyperfixations on like certain series, but Voyager has always been up there. So I think it is Voyager for me. See, Voyager is a very controversial subject as far as um, Star Trek conversation goes, because there's a lot of people that say that Star Trek was really brilliant in total, but Voyager was the biggest letdown. <clears throat> yeah, um, and what I say to those people is, aww. Oh, it's nice for you to have an opinion. You're wrong. Happy sixth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're wrong but but good for you yeah um, you're entitled to your wrong opinion that's fine exactly because like because okay so like the stuff that they give us the the reasons that they give us and please please stop me when i get to the point that sounds stupid is voyager captained by a woman mm-hmm. um had a very dull long story of they had to get back to the alpha quadrant what are mm -hmm. they gonna do and then there's the oh look here's the oh so helpful thing every series that helps them get closer to home yeah and where's, there's where's, nothing wrong with that <laughs> exactly where's the bad part of that story like i think it was a refreshing change because every star trek up until that point was pretty much just a different episode of a different problem each day yeah. At least this one had structure, like, oh, well, this alien's going to help them get home, but this one isn't. It's going to take them halfway around a nebula. <laughs> we got we got a, we got a, a nebula-looking thing that wants to eat us because there's a telepathic pitcher plant. Some Ooh. old alien pirate captain stuck in the stuck in the mouth of it who you think wants to get out, and no, I'm just going to go flying back in there. Yeah, and I get... Are we going to have a discussion about Janeway? Is this what we're doing? Oh, we will get to the solid Janeway subject for sure. Like, that's that's going to be a big... I'm quite willing to defend my queen on the spot right now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> the floor is yours. I just... Oh, oh, Rosh just said, I got an A star on my English GCSEs because I wrote about Star Trek. I'd really like to know what you wrote. Oh, uh, yes, I would love... Ross, when we get you on, I would love to hear that story, my dude. That That is going to be awesome. Oh, heck yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, so Janeway, anyway. I yes. think she gets a lot of stick. She definitely gets the most stick, aside from, like, maybe Cisco. Archer. Um, well, well, yeah, but he's the, a the white three... man. He has no rights. <laughs> the, the, three, the three biggest controversial captains, Archer, Cisco, and Janeway, all for three different reasons, which we will get to. Let's hear your... Yeah. Let, let's, let's get you on that hill and let you plant your flag and die on that thing. Okay, so I will die as Janeway is my favorite. Janeway is one Capitan. She is my captain. I love her. I think she's great. I wrote that essay when I was like seven on her for International Women's Day. That's so awesome. She was um, so I'm, I'm an Amelia Earhart, and you can imagine my excitement when I saw the 37s at 16 years old. That was a brilliant episode. Um, I just think Janeway gets a lot of stick because she's a woman predominantly. Like, she did some shit that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, I can call her out on a bullshit, but it seems that most people call her out on a bullshit because she's a woman. Like, she's too emotional. She has, you know, she's not feminine enough. And you're like, Kirk was very emotional. Yeah. Kirk was possibly the most emotional man I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> very true. And I just, I just feel like she gets a bit of unfair dick for that. But I can call her out on a bullshit where it's needed. Like, sometimes she is irrational and she's very quick to put herself in the firing line and sacrifice herself in a crew without actually thinking about it. I think a lot of people kind of do the, but Picard wouldn't have done that approach. So it's like um, the stuff with the Borg, uh, late stories with the Borg, the, um, 
the initial episode of the caretaker stranding the crew in the delta quadrant where she could very easily have you know, got them back you know all that kind of stuff that, that's that's the big takeaways from most people's jay arguments they say voyager in general just um annihilated the bulk and the mystique of them in general yeah that's valid and i think um it was a good end though to like sort of push the bog out of the sphere a little bit like not necessarily the end of the bog per se but like just sort of bring more in because the bog were getting a bit samey like what they they you know they assimilate uh, everything it is what it is exactly so <laughs> what can you honestly do with the bog it's a simple case of well we are bog we want you to be one of us um deal with it yeah but and it just it got very samey and i think it was sort of and I, i've never forgotten that scene with janeway and the bog queen where like she holds that thing apart and she doesn't even flinch <laughs> right like that that i think that those are janeway's selling points just like how she took on the borg how she managed to stand up like, she's the first real kind of captain to just be like i'm here what of it like just deal with it i am yeah, going through your space whether you like it or not yeah and she's the liaisons are just sort of like this is our territory and she's like we only just want to pass through and like we will fight our way through that nebula <laughs> like and i think picard probably would have backed down in most situations and i don't think here's a hot take i don't think any captain could have done what janeway did that is a very hot take i i want to hear more on that give me more <laughs> well basically so this is like people forget as well i think a lot that this is janeway's first command and what a command it was right <laughs> i mean you see the evolution of that character through those seasons there's no yeah. just like she's just like this all the way through she goes from very you put it the right way i think like she goes from very emotional kind of like first day captain sort of thing in the first couple of seasons she's very like i wouldn't say always second guessing herself but she's very much like a true starfleet captain at that point in the first two seasons and then as it starts going on with the change of the hair comes the change of the attitude and <laughs> there's more character development you kind of you see that little will they won't they with her and chakotay as time goes on and it's just like why did that never happen except for in an alternative timeline where they sort of hint that it might of and by the end she's just this give no damn captain who will take on the borg just to get home yeah, and I think a lot of people also have a go at Janeway first, sort of being like, oh, well, she was too emotional and she was, you know, stuck to the prime directives. And arguably, she probably did stick to the prime directives mostly for, for more than like any other captain, I would say, like even possibly more than Picard, in that she was very much, well, I don't want to interfere with this this race of people. I don't want to interfere with these aliens. But when she ha realized that she had no choice and the only way she was going to get home was to sort of interfere, she sort of threw the prime directive in the bin. <laughs> like, was like there, was, well... there was there was particular moments where it was just like you know we kind of should stick to it here but um omega anyone for the prime mm. what was it for the uh, duration of this mission the prime directive has been rescinded i love that line yeah but that's that's, think... that's her chaotic side coming out because of the situation at that point yeah and i think Janeway just sort of slowly but surely realized that being emotional and being sticking to star trek star trek starfleet protocol in this entirely different quadrant where it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> like, like i, I understood she quickly realized that it's not going to do her any good and that's when she started to get very much captainy in a way yeah it was like this is this is my ship my crew i need to do everything i can kind of thing like the federation is us at this point until you know you start getting like the little intruder ships that come along like say um 
what was it the uh I'm trying to remember the ship that was meant to be Federation, but it wasn't. It was the guy trying to take him back to the Borg because their efforts to help the Borg with 8472 got his family killed. That dude with a weird-ass head that had his ship all looking like Federation. This is how bad it is. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. I can't remember the exact name of it. Oh, I can't either. <laughs> I think it was the ship with the slipstream drive, wasn't it? Where he was trying to pretend that he was there to help them get back to Earth. But oh, yeah. he basically he had the whole ship looking like it was Federation, but it was just on set to autopilot that by the time everyone got over it, it was set to go to Borg space so that he'd get them all uh, assimilated. I sound like yeah. I don't know my Trek. That's really bad. <laughs> like, I feel really bad for not being able to remember the name of the episode or like the actual... You'll probably tell this lot as well that we've got one shared brain cell. He's doing his best. <laughs> yes, my, my brain cell... My, I do not own the brain cell today. Like, I've, I've done all of my work today. The Dauntless, thank you very oh, much, yeah. Ross. It was in my head, and it was a toss-up between that and the Prometheus, and I'm like, Prometheus doesn't sound right. That was with the other EMH, which was a whole thing. That was a, I know, yeah, that was a, that was, that was a, a moment. That was a very odd moment, indeed. <laughs> but, no, I was just saying, like, I, I think you're right, especially with, like, when people are saying the, the when people are bringing up the Janeway controversy, it is literally just those points. Too emotional. Doesn't um, treat it like the Starfleet, but then does too much like Starfleet. It's like, you got to think, they're putting the name of the Federation now into a place where no one's ever been. And yeah. there's going to be a lot of hostile forces out there that have never come across a Federation like theirs before, or have come across Federations like theirs before, and they've been, hey, Terran universe style, maybe, but their own versions... And, you know, you've got all of these guys that are just like, it's a federation by any other name, but it was for the worst part of it. So, you've got to think, there's going to be people out there, species out there that do not want to um, get involved with anyone like that and they'll attack on site. I mean, Hirogen and yeah. anyone? <laughs> oh god, I love those guys. Hirogen are brilliant. Like, those guys are some of the best uh, bad guys ever. And then, I think that was the other thing. People were like, well, where's my where's my Andorians? Where's my Klingons? Where's my Vulcans uh, and stuff? It's like, it's not Star Trek because it's not got the species that we know. Pisses me off. Oh because where's of... your Vulcans? Tuvok. There you go, there's your Vulcan. Not just Tuvok. Vulcan Vulcan. Don't forget little... Vorik as well. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget Vorik and his, his twin brother that served on the Enterprise. You can't forget those two. Like... <laughs> Vorik and Torek. <laughs> apparently, that. that episode that you had in um in the what was it the lower decks episode on TNG? I think it was called Lower Decks. It was whatever one it was where they were doing with the the ensigns and that lot. Um, yeah. That Vulcan that we see in there and who appeared quite a few times after that, he literally was uh built to be uh Vorik's twin brother when they brought the same actor in to be Vorik in Voyager. I, I, found, love I love that that's a nice little tie-in it's just like they never mention it but when you read into the lore that's kind of how it's been mentioned which is quite cool so you've got little tie-ins to it but that was the thing there was there was no Vulcans no this no that no no everything that you see on TNG or or DS9 which was going before Voyager and all this sort of stuff there's there's nothing that we know of Star Trek who are these Kazons that want to be Klingons who are these Erosion, they'll want to be something else. There's nothing that we know, it's all new. You know what most people are like, they hate everything that's new. 
And very... you can bet your life that if it was just, you know, the Klingons, the Vulcans, the Andorians, it'd be, oh, well, this is very samey. Why, exactly. why is there no... Why does Janeway never discover any new species? <laughs> yeah, and then... She was never going to be able to win. Exactly, and then you'll have people sitting there going, but how come there's Klingons and Vulcans in the Delta Quadrant if that's not a smart star system and no one's been there before? How's, how are they... Well, they should be able to get home easily then if those other people have got out there. Yes, because long-term storytelling's not a thing, obviously, you know, like... <laughs> how dare we try and give you something completely different in the writing room? We apologize. Exactly. And I guess that kind of takes us with Discovery in a way, because like a lot of people were trashing Discovery on that, which we'll get to. <laughs> the Discovery oh. the Discovery bashing has its own section, which I cannot wait to introduce you guys to. Um, I'd just like to point out as well that I love Discovery. I'm not one of those people that hates Discovery. I love it with all my entire being. But my god, did this season have issues. I am very <laughs> much on the fence with certain parts of Discovery. Um, I will get my part of that out before we introduce that section because that's going to be a thing um <laughs> i legitimately cannot <laughs> wait for you guys to hear this next like this part when we get into it it's going to be so good um let's quickly check up with uh people uh a very valid point there i i like the janeway defense you can read out loud better than i can so please go for it <laughs> okay he said when every day is most likely a first contact day, you've got to be on your A-game always. Janeway did well to keep her crew engaged and on point, but poor Harry Kim, longest serving ensign in history. Exactly. Yeah. I really felt sorry for Harry. I'm, I'm just going to say this with the discovery factor as well. I really wish when they introduced the Voyager on it, last episode where you get them saying, Hail Voyager, I really wish that they kind of like made a nice little Kim family reference. So it would have been like, Hail Captain Kim. And I'm like, Jesus, even his descendants got promoted. <laughs> like, in, in the prime timeline. <laughs> like, poor Harry. <laughs> but Yeah, I did, did feel sorry for him, because he saved that ship, like, at least, what, seven times a week? <laughs> More times than I can ever think of. That, that guy was um, legendary in, uh, in, in the name of Starfleet. He should have been the Miles O'Brien of Voyager, basically absolutely our lord and savior miles o'brien but yeah god among men <laughs> it really is um the only one on. <laughs> so you said something not long before we started that uh -oh. that i that i said i was going to question you on when we started up um as of recording um star trek lower decks has just gone live on amazon prime so anyone who didn't manage to catch it when it went stateside now had the chance to catch up i'm about i'm about eight episodes in i am enjoying it it's a bit too kind of like eh it's star trek but it's it's you know it's a typical kind of like zany cartoon it's, it's modern day animated zany cartoons it's funny in places but it's decent you yeah. had a different opinion i couldn't get past the first episode why was that <laughs> coming from someone who's seen every other single piece of star trek media <laughs> yeah yeah i have and i've read most of the books as well <laughs> i i just i don't know i think it was maybe i wasn't in the right mindset to watch something like lower decks maybe i need to sit down and actually you know and i'm not half asleep I'm just sort yeah. of focus on it but i just the way it, it was a cold open it just sort of opened on these like two sort of commanding officers i think it was is it beckett and is it mariner and boimler I uh, think? yes boimler was doing his uh captain's log that wasn't a captain's log 
Yes. And yeah. Mariner just sort of comes in and drunk out like, of her skull on Romulan yeah. was it Romulan whiskey, whiskey or something? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, It's blue. I, I bet you didn't think it was gonna be blue, but it's really it's, it's such a nice colour. It's like I liked it. <laughs> to my tired brain, she was too much. <laughs> she does not get any different though. That's the thing. Like her character is just that all the way through. I'm can definitely wise up to like i know i have a feel i'm gonna love it i just need to sit down and actually watch it but for a first episode i was just kind of like i need to turn this off (laughs) would you say that so far it's it's suffering from the typical star trek effect then yeah the the sort of doesn't know what to do with it for the first sort of four or five yeah yeah that's what i think see that's Um, that's very valid on that because that's that's basically star trek from every single season onwards I did very much take two shacks, though. <laughs> <laughs> now we was we was having a debate on that. Like I was trying to remember whether Shax was who I thought it was, whether Shax was the um, Bajoran security officer that works on the bridge, the big yeah. wide guy with the scar over his eye and all that. Like I can never remember. I zone out on names all the time. I know the who they are. Looks like a Roblox character. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's Shax then. Yeah, like if if I remember rightly, that is Shax. But I think I think we'll have to check in with you as the episodes go and see what you think of um, Lower Decks. The more you watch it, if you get through more than one episode, if you get further, if you discover some of the cameos that turn up in it, because trust me, there's two cameos that I think you will absolutely adore when you get to them. If you get to them, yeah. From what I've seen and heard so far, so um. I don't want to say anything spoiler related to that one, but I think you will probably enjoy it when you get that far in, especially episode def- eight. I'll, I'll definitely get there eventually. I think I'm just going to force myself to watch it, even if I hate it, because then I can keep up saying I've seen all of Star Trek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Three, not, nothing to be proud of. Four episodes <laughs> down the line, somebody check in and go, "Hey, Janeway, have you seen? Uh, have you seen uh, Lower Decks yet? Have you gone through Lower Decks yet? Have you finished it?" We might. <laughs> yes, you have research and homework, which brings me to a little thing that we're gonna do. Um, we have been talking about this for about a week. I don't know if you remember this or not, because it was like four in the morning when we did it. Um, there is gonna be a section that we're gonna do where you guys will give us an episode of a season. Oh uh, yeah. Of a particular franchise of Star Trek. Whether it's in the comments on YouTube, whether it's in DMs on the Discord, anything like that. You guys get in touch with us. Or live on Twitch here. Say, right, Jay, Janeway, we want you to watch the original series, season three, episode 12. Then you have to, we have to sit there and go, okay, if enough people say that that's a good one to watch, we will sit there. Or like the first person in that says it. We'll do that, what, like, after next episode or something. Because um, that gives us more content to talk about anyway, just in case we run out of ideas as time goes on. Um, we'll sit there and go, right, we'll watch it, take notes, and go, right, so we watched it. This is what we think. It was absolute crap. Damn space hippies, man. Like, what are you going to do with it? You know, that kind of thing. So I am open Please. to that. I love that idea. What do you think, Jamie? What do we think? Please choose Discovery Season 3. Don't put me back through that. <laughs> I think after after um, the this little segment that I've been putting off just because I cannot wait for it, but I think it's something that we need a little bit more in there. People might be doing that to you. But uh, again, on the Discovery thing, I, I think that Ross has a very good point. I don't like the fact that they say fuck in Star Trek as much as they do, especially in Picard and um, 
as much as they have in Disco, but it kind of works I in certain situations. Very much could not believe the amount of swearing we heard. Like, and I, I think more from like, yeah, it's catching. It's it's your fault. Yeah, it's blame Jay. <laughs> it's the brain cell. What am I telling you? I used to be good at English until I started talking to you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, anyway, it <laughs> it was like book mainly, wasn't it? That just kept saying like bullshit and yes. like why. It's no like need. <laughs> Tiddly started the trend on season one, and I was okay with just one because Tilly's character—I don't know whether um, the whether Mary Wiseman herself has it, but I think they said that Tilly was, um, what's it called, um, the first character in Star Trek to have ADHD. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. You know, you've got an ADHD character where anyone who has or knows anyone that has ADHD will know it's not exactly think before you speak sort of moment kind of thing sometimes you'll just say what you don't mean to say and it's like this is fucking awesome and Stamets is like you're right this is fucking awesome I loved that she was like math is fucking cool and it was like, oh that right? was an okay one that that works but... and I also didn't mind sorry to point him out so early on in the thing Dadmiral Vance I didn't mind him saying the word shit either. I love that. Seriously, I think the standout of season three of Disco was them sitting in that conference room, talking their stuff. You've got Osira going, eh, this apple tastes good. It's not like a real one, but it's like, and he just deadpan turns to her. It's made from my shit, you know. It tastes good for shit. <laughs> that's it. Just, just that's it. The way she just put it down as well and just spat it out like mm. <laughs> just just that was the that was the standout of season three for me. But I think there's <laughs> no better segue to get onto this section to talk about discovery than what I'm hoping is gonna be the highlight of the entire show every every episode. Okay. Um you'll hear the name change every now and then, but it's for reasons. Um welcome <laughs> to Dylan's Discovery Diatribe. This is going to be a nice little section where our good old captain takes 10 minutes out of his time to sit there and go, right, episode by episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Oh, goodness. Episode by episode? Yeah, I mean, you oh. could do episode by episode, or you could do just like one great big thing, like a new section every time. But this is where we take a dump on Discovery Season 3. Are you going to join me in this? Will you oh, I, I will definitely pipe in on this when needs be. Don't worry. But I, I, I know that you're going to enjoy this because this is going to be that thing that you all, you've been wanting to do for a while. So the floor is yours. Or the bridge Ross is yours. Said someone replaced Janeway's gel packs. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that eventually. We'll, we'll get your, I think it's probably just the mic going in and out, but we'll, we'll deal with that. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, the bridge is yours, Captain. The chair is yours. Um, uh, should we just start from episode one then? Let's do it. I, there was absolutely nothing in episode one that I had any really qualms with, except all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Michael Burnham show. Uh, yeah, that's literally. I don't really remember seeing anybody else except Michael and Book. 
I believe. Did we meet? We did meet Book, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, because she crashed into him as soon as she came out of the the wormhole, didn't she? It was like straight out of the wormhole, bam, into his ship. I'm like, well, there's a meet cute if you've ever seen one. And here we go. It's just... Yeah, go on. My biggest sort of like thing with... Because when I first watched this, as I told you, I watched like... I missed the first three, like when they were coming out. So I watched them all straight away. And I just think the reason that i originally really liked this one is because i was just happy to see discovery again like it was star trek on the screen again yes it it was just nice to see sort of like i had saru back and they had stamets back and it was just nice and then it all went to shit really straight away when i rewatched it i was like this is terrible this is actually see i've always had to think like i'm, I'm one of those i'm sort of a disco detractor in certain respects like when i first said about watching it like when i first started watching it, i was like it's good it's it's a good sci-fi show it's not star trek Mm -hmm. like it's it's star trek by name but it's not star trek i'm like this is pre-kirk so yeah where is where is you know why why is touchscreens and amazing technology and uh, all this sort of stuff that we've got pre-Kirk. Why do the Klingons look different? The only reason why I allowed the Klingons to look the way they did in my own headcanon was, well, don't forget there was that thing that happened in uh, Enterprise with the... They were losing their ridges, so then there was the thing... You know, there was that big disease that was going to wipe out the entire Klingon race. Um, so Flux gave them that thing. They said, oh, there might be some physical changes. We saw that in TOS, why they decided, why they were white men in blackface, but we won't <clears throat> go into that. Um so I was like, okay, so maybe this is just to do with the thing. And then season two, they're starting to grow their hair back and they're kind of looking a little bit more like Klingons. But it's still, why is the technology so bad? Why is this making it look like Kelvin timeline technology still? This is pre-Kirks. Where is the flips and the dials and the knobs and the weird little light up ball things and the flippy communicators and the the sets that look like they're going to fall over if you sneeze on them? It doesn't... It, it, it just it didn't feel like Star Trek to like a a i know this is dylan's disco diatribe i, I apologize i completely taken this over in this one hey it's not just me here <laughs> true um maybe we should just call this disco shit talking next episode i don't know we'll, we'll have to see what happens but it was like i am happy with it now with season three because the technology makes sense you know over the yeah. top crazy technology makes sense the combat is where you can just instantly site to site transport fine that seems like a thing that they were doing that century, but hollow communication systems in ships and basically Kelvin timeline technology in Prime Universe, it didn't do it for me. It, it was just not right. So my head kind of said, this is just future Star Trek that they should have done it in originally. Yeah. But yeah, That that that's my standpoint on Discovery. So. <laughs> that's valid. I can understand a lot of people just hating the sort of how futuristic and how polished it looked in comparison to um, to Enterprise and TOS. I was liking um, with Enterprise a little bit as well, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I hated Enterprise, but I also love it. <laughs> it's another controversial <laughs> section, isn't it? It's like another controversial um, season, like franchise thing, whatever you want That's to call it. Another season that I think shouldn't get enough stick and is usually in my top three. 
but so, we'll get onto that after disco <laughs> yes i was gonna say we'll, we'll move on to that one as soon as we're done with this bit um so yeah you with disco season one episode one the the meet cute of book and good old michael burnham i i mean what i will give michael burnham and i don't want anyone to think that i hate michael burnham i actually do love michael a lot um and i just i think it's partly down to sinequa because i just love her acting um but i think it was just great when like that that moment when she sort of lands the red angel suit and it says like life signs detected and she just lets out that scream of joy that was, was very just fun. amazing i i will definitely give them that like i will very much give them that like that that was because where 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 would you go with that like what would you do you could you could have it where they'd come through the wormhole everyone's safe cool look we're we're in star trek done like yeah you know like you could just carry it on like nothing happened oh look we came through we've got a little bit of damage but everything's fine we're in the future now yay yeah i was a little disappointed that we didn't get like saru and atlot for more than what a 30 second wormhole flashback thing but yeah they were just kind of like here like oh the crew's up there here's michael burnham on the ground (laughs) (laughs) and that was very much the whole thing like episode two was good though i will give it that it was a good sort of like yes episode two was brilliant well there's barely any Um, michael in it which was the best part of it (laughs) <laughs> i think that's the most michael burnham like the least burnham that we've seen in an episode in all of discovery yeah like even the one um going back to my best boy again um, Kamina uh... in season two even michael had to accompany saru down there couldn't have been anyone else saru is like <laughs> the lifeblood of that show i'm I, I, you can i will i will march onto that hill i will plant my flag in that ground and stand there and fight you with my batleth till my dying breath that saru is the best part of discovery fight me he's definitely like one of my top three absolutely like yep like my top three for disco will be saru tilly and stamets straight out not in any particular order but those three are like i mean if if we're talking like the ones who get the most screen time and the most lines but Uh, okay if you if you if we're talking like top five, all in total, just characters in general, add a Washington and um, Detmer to that, boom. That's nice. that's the top five of perfection. Can I just say as well, season three gave me Jola, and I will be so forever grateful for that. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I'll give you that. love Awashikun and Detmer. I will die with that ship. That fanfic's coming out very soon. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you never know, we might, we might uh, if, if, we can, if we can talk the captain into it, find a place for you guys to read it maybe yeah anyway anyway <laughs> maybe it's a big maybe it's, but it's out there if you want to go and try and find it feel free there you go get on your detective skills ladies and gents but yeah season, season two season am i okay season three even. i mean season two can be, we can do season two if you want to i mean please like, i missed spock anyway. I, I, uh, see i wasn't a fan of the spock oh <sighs> But I think that's just because okay, you. Okay, it's been you... fun, guys. I'm gonna leave. Um... <laughs> I think it's just. I, I think it's just because you cannot get better than Nimoy. Like <sighs> Nimoy is Spock. Like, but maybe that's just the old man in me speaking. Like, you know, Nimoy is Spock, and yeah, older. Uh, what's his face did a decent job in the Kelvin timeline, but 
Yeah. What's his name, you mean? How dare you speak about Zachary Quinto? Thank you. <laughs> so drawing a blank on that. I was like, I know his name, I know his name, I know his name. I'm not going to be able to say it. I'm like, yeah, Zachary Quinto did a good job. He did. He got better. Ross is singing a, the Enterprise theme song in chat. Oh, God. I'm going to start. <laughs> no, please don't. It was bad enough when we had it with... Um... But apparently my phone is giving you a tune to go along with it. So enjoy. Um... I can send it to this. It's fine. <laughs> I am I'm absolutely okay. Um, but no, like... Um... Quinto was good for modern day. And this new Spark, I do not know the actor's name. And I feel really... Uh, there you go. Um, he was good. He was decent. Like he had, he had the character. Like he had the mannerisms, and he, I think he had the the mannerisms a little bit more than um, Quinto, to be honest. But he's just not Spock in my eyes. But I'm very like, you cannot replace an original character with somebody new and expect us to go yay, kind of thing, you know. That's that's valid. I'll give you that. I'm not going to slight you for your opinion. I have very, very bad opinions, as we all know, when it comes to Star Trek. <laughs> which I am which I am totally taking over. Please, please give me these opinions. I don't want to be the guy talking all the time. Oh, no, feel free. I was just talking about my Cardassian opinions. That's oh, no, episode. trust me. When, when, when that comes in, that's that's episode two or episode three. If you, I, I tell you what, actually, if you guys want episode two to be make Cardassia great again... That is a whole thing. That is a whole conversation we've had before, and I want to have this conversation again. So, I'd uh, love people to judge me and call me out for it. There you go. <laughs> Comments below, down in chat, down wherever you are. Uh, just, just give us, give us your things. By the way, uh, I want to take this very quick moment before we carry on. If you are listening to us live on Anchor, not live, but um, whatever, um, on any other podcasty websites that we might finally be able to throw this out to please feel free come get involved as we do this live on twitch uh probably saturdays every two saturdays in a month we don't know when but we will uh, be posting on the old twitter somewhere it'll be in your description boxes somewhere um and if you want to get involved come join us might even get you on the show one day you never know heck yeah as you were saying I don't remember. I got distracted because Ross said, "Just call him Sila." <laughs> <laughs> should should we? Heroes. Do, do do oh, wait, was he in Heroes? He played Sila in Heroes, yeah. Ethan Peck. I mean, it depends on what season because I stopped watching it after it came off at Channel Five or Channel Four, whichever one it was on. I don't remember what season it was, but he did play him. I think that's the reference there, anyway. <laughs> that's still Star Trek. Well, that's still sci-fi. So basically, that kind of leads us into a thing what this is is it's not just going to be trek over the time we are going to be talking sci-fi shows like red dwarf babylon 5 i never watched it but maybe i will for this it's been something oh quinto not peck right there you go sorry Um, babylon 5 was something i watched when i was a kid and i was just like "Eh, it's not star trek that's all i was ever interested in that point but you know we might talk you want to go really obscure into the fandoms here might talk about lex yeah. Yeah. If there's any sci-fi's you want us to talk about, Stargate. Uh, maybe uh, maybe leave Andromeda alone because that would take us onto a whole um, whole different discussion. Mm. Not about Andromeda itself, but to do with one of the actors in it. And we don't think we want to go there just yet. But there you go. After um, we do our disco talk, we can talk about our like non-track sci-fi that we like that yes. might pop up every now and then. Yes, I'm definitely list. down for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, back to your disco diatribe. 
let's 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 get um final thought well not final thoughts but let's go back to the episode one season three discovery what do we think like where, where are so, we going with this i'm gonna move swiftly on to episode two before i rant about michael burnham unfairly do it <laughs> um it was nice in episode two to see starfleet getting a lesson in poverty and scarcity when saru and tilly sort of beam down to that planet and sort yeah. of you know saw that people had to like trade for dilithium and stuff and i like that uh, it was a nice little yeah it was a nice little sort of I, I don't know what the word is for it like dynamic maybe yeah. to see that while starfleet and i am very very anti-starfleet anti-federation yeah, you <laughs> never would have guessed ever like i hate the federation but that's a chat for another time and it was nice to sort of see them get that kick in the face of Oh, I think we lost a... Hang on one second. Well, people, you know, oh, blind is a thing, okay. but it sort of isn't. Sorry, we lost a but... audio there for a second. You you hated Star, you hate Starfleet and Federation, and then we lost you from that bit. Uh-oh. Um, it was just me ranting about the Federation, as always. Um, <laughs> I just hey, think it was nice to sort of have that like kick in the face for starfleet because they're always projecting like oh we we live in a utopian society we we don't have poverty we you know everybody's very well off because there's no money there's mm. no sadness and then you have to beam down and see no money and sadness and it's it was nice because it, it really sort of i think it hit saru particularly because his sort of people went through what they went through with the baul and yeah, I was going to say that was... what it was like to live in fear of other things. You see a difference in Saru this season as well, which, from what you said, yeah, it's a very big point that it, it definitely hits home to him more than anyone else on the ship. They're too used to the true Starfleet lifestyle of, oh, we can go anywhere, do anything, there's no problems, nothing's wrong with the universe. And then you see a universe after the burn, which uh, we will get to, because um, I have we feelings... Have, we have varying opinions on the burn mm -hmm. and this is what makes us so good so well off on this one i think i personally <laughs> when we get to that i will have an opinion that i can guarantee you janeway will not agree with and probably vice versa but um yeah because <laughs> i think this is the first time they really mentioned the burn isn't it like because we we find is it episode two where we find the lowly starfleet outpost or was that episode three? Um, no, episode two was where the crew, crew reunites, wasn't it? And... Yeah, and it had Zara in it and everything. And they yeah. had that bar fight. That was it. Which, <laughs> Michelle Yo, oh yes, thank you very much. Oh, my queen. She is freaking amazing. And yeah, see, I, I feel, again, I feel so uninformed on my Star Treks at the minute because it's been, what, 17 <coughs> weeks since we saw at least the first episode again Can't i will have to three weeks since it was over right <laughs> like i i need to go back and start rewatching this if we're doing our disco sections i need to like find the episode that we're going to talk about next and kind of like just go was it really that bad or was it worse probably worse yeah <laughs> season three always <laughs> worse um but yeah, no, carry on. Please feel free. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm drawing a blank for what I was about to say to that one. So please, uh, carry on. My last note for episode two is just let Tilly say fuck all in capital letters. 
<laughs> and that was that was us coming like coming from someone who literally said about 10 minutes ago that them saying fuck so much wasn't a good thing it's simply because out of all the cat of all the characters the only one that i think should be allowed to say fuck is tilly <laughs> yes no i i completely and utterly agree with you on that tilly should be the only character to get away with that i don't really have anything else for episode two the first sort of like three or four were a bit all right okay we're getting into sort of what's happening here and it's like a post-apocalyptic society in a way shall we hit up episode three and leave the rest for uh our next edition yeah oh yeah because episode four is um adira came into it that's definitely yeah because then we've got because that that brings a lot of discussion episode four i'm gonna go back and rewatch that one actually when we're done because episode four is definitely going to be one of those ones that's going to have a very good kind of um we'll get onto that one because i want to talk to you about that off stream so we can uh talk about how we're going to approach that one head um, on no headlights <laughs> that's how we're gonna do it there you go <laughs> so yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna definitely get onto episode four for um episode two of this i be confused i already am um but yeah episode three go on take us away the crew has been reunited they're finding out about starfleet not really being around anymore and they've just heard of the burn i believe by this point yeah that's sort of like throwing their opinions out on what the burn could have been and um jet reno and paul stamets are having bitch fits at each other ah uh, jet reno i love those two the comedic relief <laughs> that we need more of just like those two it, uh, we were saying this if we ever get a spin-off i just want the discovery crew minus burnham like a a live action lower decks just no no burnham uh, nothing yeah. like that. Just give me Reno, give me Stamets, give me Tilly, give me a Washington, and um, why uh, have I just drawn a blank on her? I mentioned her earlier. Detmer, there we go. Detmer. Let's see, long, uh, memory <laughs> retrieval was not a thing. Um, I I just want to see all of those guys in an episode, like just in a season, all by themselves. Give me that for season four, and I will love Disco again. Because... yeah. Reno was brilliant from episode one. Oh, I'm just don't mind me. I'm doing brain surgery on a bolian or whatever, just like hooking them up to some weird ass system or something. With all the little droids and stuff that they made and all that, it it was just such a good character to have. Yeah, Tignataro was definitely one of the best investments Discovery's made. Yes, <laughs> she is just brilliant. I like to think that they didn't give her a, 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 a script. They just threw her in and was like, "Do you think?" See, that's the thing. That's that's what I I was thinking that as well because like the the way that character is played is just like it's it's perfect to what they need. She's so natural. Like she just has like a, a drink in her hand and she's on a like a personal date pad and she's like, oh, I don't know, I'm on drugs. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Who are you? <laughs> or, or like the bit in the um in the Jeffrey's tube where Stamets is doing his whole thing and it's just like, uh, what can't hear? I'm I'm, I'm doing a thing here. Like, can you try not to die, please? Like, <laughs> that, just the yeah, whole she, setup of Yeah, she guys. puts him in that Jeffrey's tube, and then Culver's like, he's gonna die, and she's like, no, he'll be fine, you're doing fine, princess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that whole thing, like, it, just just the, 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 um, the interaction, the, the way they work, everything about them is just so well done that, um, I just want more of them. I want more of them. Yeah. Right, episode three, before we get too much further away from it. That nothing happened. There's like barely any notes on this. It's where we discover the sphere data and it's sort of like basically a part of the crew now. 
Oh, is that why the computer's voice was changing ever so slightly and acting slightly different? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's how little attention I pay to it. That's about all I remember. And um, Jojo keeps trying to convince us that Michael is bad. Oh, that was it, yeah, because Michael's acting yeah. a little bit differently because they need to do something character development-y that's going to make you think, oh, she's been living in this timeline for a whole year now and she's been living a different life with Book for a year and, oh, maybe she's going to be different and betray the crew and... Yeah. Burn him. How <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> about burn him yet again? Just, just burn him. Like... I don't think you can do an episode about anything Discovery without ever mentioning Burnham, ever. No, because it all comes back to Burnham. It's like, oh yeah, we get good Philippa Georgia content, but she's talking about Michael Burnham. Oh, mm -hmm. Saru's gone down to this planet, his homeworld, to see his sister, and Michael Burnham is stood behind him. <laughs> it's just like, come on, please. I know they said when they were doing Discovery it was going to be a linear story around one character, which is totally out of Star Trek's proportion of um, the way they did things up until that point. But even so, don't make it so obvious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's just it's, that's literally all I've got on episode three, I think. I, I don't want to pay that any more attention than we already have. Episode four was really where it started to get like like good, as, as it were. Yeah, like, that's very much conversational. That's, that's very big not, topics. Not just because we got a Adira, but that's where the story genuinely started to progress. Because Adira it, was it got, an interesting like, character. Yeah, they sort of like turned up and it was like, ah, now this is an interesting dynamic. Mm -hmm. Who, who's going to adopt Adira? Because <laughs> <laughs> even before that, you don't even expect Adira to be like a long-term character, let alone as pivotal as they became. Yeah, like every every time there's a child in Star Trek, like you see Wesley, but he's he's got he's got Beverly, but like also Worf kind of adopts him in a way, and Picard adopts him, and the remember when Zial got they? to Zial oh. got to Deep Space Nine, and everyone just signed the adoption papers upon learning that Ducat was her father. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. I'm surprised. Um, dis uh, not Discovery. I'm surprised that um, DS Nine has been so little talked about up until this point. Ducat especially. <laughs> But we will get Shut there. Up. He's Descartes. I don't like him. We yeah. will get there, my friends. <laughs> you will get there. Uh, yeah, you know like... what? Ross makes another good point, especially going back to Reno and um, Stamets, that they're uh, two engineers, both alike in dignity and fair. Um, sorry, and on. Wait. In dignity, on fair discovery, where we set our scene? Huh? Who? Huh? My English is bad. Cause you were, it's because you were talking about the. Um... The show that you wanted about Stamets, Reno, and Lower Decks. That was it. That's like Thank you, one. yes. <laughs> Two engineers, both alike in dignity and unfair discovery where we set our scene. There we right. go. That, see, see. okay, so I think that's pretty much just clinched it here. Whenever we do refer to chat, Janeway's taking it. That's that's your job. They're, they're, you're, you're here to be the voice of chat at this point. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Deep Space Nine is also Rush's specialty, so by that point when we get to like the, the heavy, heavy DS9 episode, that's where we're going to probably be referring to Ross a lot, whether it be in the show with us or, um, you know, like through chat or however we start bringing people in at some point. Let's, let's move on from Discovery 
because yes. that's going to be a big 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 point on this like that's that's going to probably be a big um standpoint of these episodes um we've done voyager we've touched yes. on enterprise we've touched on tos we've touched on tng we've pretty much done most star trek except for you know um the animated series which we'll get to <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that's just some typical kind of like wannabe scooby-doo oh my god it's star trek scooby-doo style stuff in a way and you know like the fact of how cheesy it is brilliant show don't get me wrong highly recommend it if you guys are looking for something to watch i think it's on is it on uk netflix netflix yes yeah um and probably on cbs and all that lot depending on where you watch your star trek content and i'm sure you probably find it on all those websites where you're not meant to watch stuff either naughty naughty um <laughs> Not Let's... sponsored, but get an odd VPN. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's yes. how I watch Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> Quantum... Well, there you go. Let's let's move on to different sci-fi's oh. real quick. So, um, one thing I can talk about: Voice from the Dwarf. Anyone Red Dwarf? Shall we? Hello. Just the 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 beauty of Red Dwarf. I think it's particularly beautiful if you're a british person i think americans watching it might be a bit sort of standoffish at it at first oh but i it is don't gotcha. know they they had red dwarf they screwed they it up <laughs> yeah they massively screwed it up and the only good saving grace about that whole thing was the fact that dax was in one of their two failed pilots <laughs> but that's it like there's there's nothing good about american red dwarf no if you guys have never watched Except it that it didn't get very far very true <laughs> partly for the fact that they just jump way too far into it and they just do such a bad job with it but if you guys have never watched the american pilots on red dwarf they are on youtube somewhere if you deep dive for them they're in very bad vhs quality if anyone knows what vhs's are well done you're old just like me um that didn't me <laughs> no that was more just me because i'm a child <laughs> but uh yeah if if you've not watched it um go torture yourself for about 29 minutes if you're lucky make it through but yeah oh. yeah but uk <laughs> red dwarf the good red dwarf although saying that up until when does it go bad red dwarf yeah Oh god, about three episodes in. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> When the new Kachansky comes back. Fight me. Yeah. Yeah. Like sort of like season nine, I'd say it sort of started to drop off, like Yeah. Like honestly, I think like I think when they um that's me trying to search for words out loud, that's a new experience. <laughs> um verbal <laughs> databanks not computing. Um I think they should have left it at the end of the um, episode where they blow up the ship from the future, which technically sort of blows themselves up, but doesn't blow themselves up and resets the timeline and all of that. Like, it was a great cliffhanger, great end point. Because yeah. hmm, coming back from it after that was just... It was a lot. I think Red Dwarf is kind of like the show as well, that you could end on a cliffhanger without telling us whether or not they made it back. Yeah. Like, I think it would be quite nice to just imagine they're still out there somewhere. Because, don't Eat get me wrong. Chili chutney sandwiches. And... <laughs> <laughs> Eating those fried egg chili, yeah, the triple fried egg chili chutney sandwich. <laughs> oh. 
had one of them before. It is a catastrophe, but quite nice. <laughs> Would recommend, but you do actually, like, Lister was right, you do have to eat it before the bread dissolves. That's a thing. It becomes one big splodgy mess and probably mold it into a shape by that point. <laughs> Just throw it at Rimmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go mold it up into one big smushy ball and throw it at Rimmer. It'll pass right through him, but... Well, until it gets hard light, but you know. It's hard light, yeah. Yeah. See, Red Dwarf is one of those shows, and I know we don't really we've we've gone in depth on certain bits and we will go in depth on other bits, but like we're bypassing a lot today to give you guys more uh more in depth as time goes on. Um <laughs> Red Dwarf is one of those shows that no matter when you watch it, it still stands up to comedy of the time. There's nothing you know how what was it last year there was a lot of old school comedies that were being uh brought up as offensive or something like that to like new generations you know blackhead has yeah. been flagged and faulty towers has been flagged and only false and horses apparently um what's the words i'm looking for here is offensive to millennials because of the way they um portrayed the yuppies back in the day yeah Red Dwarf doesn't have that, I don't think. That's not a single point of the way Red Dwarf was made, shot, scripted, put out, edited, anything along those lines that you can sit there and go, that's offensive. No. And I think, particularly with like those shows, I know that not, not nothing you've just mentioned was sci-fi, but nothing like Omen no. Falls and Horses and Fault of Towers and stuff, which I am definitely old enough to have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, was... <sighs> offensive like it was for the time and i think that's what people are missing it's like we were having that discussion on like if someone does a biopic of like nazi germany and they're wearing nazi uniforms you can't flag that as offensive because in the it's same to that do if you with, got yeah it's to do with the context yeah, yeah exactly um it, it'd be like well there's a swastika on my screen it's like yeah because this is nazi germany like <laughs> it's yes. not offensive it was at the time exactly didn't they do that with like uh they again i know it's not technically sci-fi but didn't they do that with like games like wolfenstein at some point people were complaining because it was very heavily um like i think the third wolfenstein game actually had hitler in it or something and people were complaining that it was offensive hitler's in it oh my god and it's like well the game is basically kill nazis and take down nazi germany if i remember correctly i've never really played them past the first couple of hours because they've never really been my kind of game but in context to have that and to have that sort of stuff this again goes back to star trek in a respect as well with what we were saying about you know this not working that not working why is this better than that blah 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 um it's something that we were talking about again off uh off topic and that lot um within context of where it is it makes sense like we were saying modern day trek doesn't make sense to older trek fans because we're sitting here screaming why is technology better why is this better why is this different it makes sense for a modern day show because no one's gonna sit there and watch a star trek that's full of switches and knobs and dials and 60s style effects because of yeah. context of the time i mean could you imagine sitting there now you, you sit you sit an, an, an average person down in front of star trek now and i think we all know and i mean everyone in chat here knows a mutual friend somewhere at some point that you've tried to get to sit down and watch star trek You've sat them in front of the original series and gone, this gets good. There's a couple of episodes in the first few episodes that are bad or slightly off or doesn't make sense and cheesy. Same with TNG. But it gets better. Watch it. 
and they're like, oh, I can't do yeah. that. Where's where's the uh, where's the special effects? Where's the explosions? Where's the this that the other? It's all contextual yeah. to the time. You have to take into account of it was a different time back then. Things weren't the same, which again goes back to the fact that Red Dwarf can't be really offensive because they didn't really do anything with it. But the other shows that was listed, I guess in a way, could be considered offensive now because language. Like DS9, yeah. that's it. DS9, that that that's where I was going with this. DS9 has an episode that could be considered controversial today because of the use of the N word in a certain context. Uh, um, it was I was watching it last night. I can't remember exactly the name of the episode, but it was the one where uh, Cisco is having was it, is it delirious dreams or something like that. Basically, he's back in the day of like a, an old um, sci-fi magazine publishing place and you can't yeah um they weren't gonna print a picture that had kira's character because she was a woman she was quote sleeping in that day you can't have um cisco's character because of the color of his skin i won't use the word that they used obviously but yeah um within context it would be a case of back then they were saying it because they were using it in context of the episode and in that episode it was the time period where those words would have got used and i think that i wouldn't say that gives it a pass but it makes it more understandable for the usage that makes sense yeah that's entirely what i say like if you if you're gonna get offended about something that's as old as that is and fits in with the time frame that it's supposed to be in then don't watch it like <laughs> just turn it off yeah exactly and that's that's where it needs to that's that's where you need to draw the 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 mental barrier i suppose of this was recorded in what the mid 90s language is a bit different back then and the context of that episode was what the 30s 40s kind of time i think i might far beyond the stars thank you very much ross um again ross is basically the ds9 aficionado that will always put me right <laughs> which i'm going to appreciate all the time um but yeah like it makes contact like it makes the context of the episode i wouldn't still say that it was the best idea to do it because you know that they wouldn't be allowing that modern day but yeah if for, for the context of the time where language was different and the context of the time line in that episode where language was different i wouldn't say it's fair game but it makes more sense to do it or at least that's my viewpoint with it, I think. I would love to hear your yeah. opinion on that. I don't... I mean, as far as, like, offensive language and offensive actions go in film, I think as long as it's used within a context that makes it acceptable, there's no issue. Like, if you're just going to throw stuff out there like that for, for shock value and for sort of... I don't know how to word it, but, like, just be, just for the sake of it, I think that's where you sort of start going wrong. I think that's where very easily we could have dropped the N-word straight away and just been like, bam, that's what they said. And it would have been yeah. like, it would have been in context of the conversation, but it would have been just like using it for the sake of using it. So It's unacceptable to say it now because everybody knows what the N-word is. We don't exactly. have to say it. It's like you you have you have a version to, you have a way to refer to it as. It was set in the 50s, thank you. Birth of Civil Rights Movement um contextually it fits uh, that's a very valid point the way it was used exactly that is a very 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 valid point ross 
Um, and yeah, Bowie, um, one of our resident nutcases down in the chat, um, had a troubled time getting into uh, the original series, but stuck with it. Um, and very, very, very glad she did too, because there has been many a times when myself, Bowie, and Q, not that one, although sometimes he wishes he was <laughs> <Q>? probably, <laughs> um, have had many Star Trek discussions in the pub over a pint going hey this kind of feels like quarks a little bit because you know resting frankie here hi um or like i am a frankie stan i guess you could put it adore those guys i don't know why it's always quark and rum you can't you can't say anything bad about the nagus and of course moogie you gotta have moogie <laughs> moogie like you can't not have moogie in a discussion when you talk about a frankie um she's my <laughs> she is awesome it, it, it's it's the whole thing it's the whole idea of you just cannot um take looping it back you cannot take it out of context of where it was and go right well now i'm offended because if that was the case you could very easily have taken a lot of offense to season three of disco yeah and that's something we'll get into with our disco chat yes i was gonna say like like that's that's a big big part of why i want to get onto that one in a couple of episodes because when we get to episode four and onwards it's going to be a very big discussion for a lot of reasons and it's 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 going to be very insightful for people that are sitting there just going well this thing was done wrong or that thing was done wrong or it should never have been done in the first place or they did this thing wrong so if you're interested in hearing that discussion please tune in for the next couple of episodes don't like discovery this is the place to be <laughs> <laughs> very much so but again with the caveat of we actually kind of like it but we kind of don't i love discovery <laughs> disco is a good thing and a bad thing both rolled into one um i guess if if, if we're going to do different sci-fis here we we sort of did red dwarf yes. but red dwarf was a bit Eh, Red Dwarf, like you said, is, is very much a, a British sci-fi that British people will want to talk about. Um, Sorry, Ross has just mentioned Jeffrey Combs in chat and said, oh. also Brunt, another one of the many roles. Like, yes. That guy, like, I, we could do an entire episode on Jeffrey Combs and still be talking about it two weeks later because that guy is oh. just freaking amazing. Although I will say, I cannot stand Brunt. Like, out of all of his characters, if I saw Brunt, Brunt. I'd throw it. <laughs> I would I'm a throw Shran it. Stan, first and foremost. Oh, Shran was a highlight of Enterprise right there. I love that little blue dude. <laughs> <laughs> so angry, so annoying, but so good. Oh. And, and that's, that's another thing as well, talking about, like, offensive media. Like, you don't see people, like, pink skin. You don't see people getting offended about that. That's essentially racist, right? Yeah. In the context of event surprise, at least. Because you are literally referring to someone by the color of their skin, which this this is this is the part that makes you sound bad for saying it. If if Archer was black, and they said something along those lines, instantly it's offensive and racist. Yeah. It, it, within the context of the discussion, obviously, I'm not saying it's right or wrong to say whatever whatever for people's skin color i want to you know how quickly someone could get offended by you saying something slightly worded wrong there's always a way that you have to back up everything you say these days on the internet because you know someone will take it out of context and yeah it'll just be 
plastered everywhere and you're a bad person so you know make it very clear whatever color of the skin the person would be and they called them by the color other than pink because that's probably how andorians <laughs> saw humans in general it would be considered yeah. offensive that's like me calling um a ferengi orange skin because they were very orangey brown rather than like like you know you kind of got a very much tan kind of color from a ferengi so that's the sort of like what i was trying to link it back to was like well in context because obviously the andorians were very hostile to other races particularly <laughs> humans for yep. obvious reasons humans are awful it made sense it was okay like it it, it fit into what the andorians were like they didn't like the vulcans they didn't like the humans it was it was anything to sort of they weren't going to be civil mm. so mm. It, it just sort of fits in and it's it's knowing when to be offended and when not to be offended i think i think what with cancel culture generation though everything's offensive like you start out offended just because it's 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 where yeah. you sit and then eventually you go you know what that wasn't so bad or like i surprisingly wasn't offended by that episode good for them it's, it's just yeah like i'm gonna bring an awkward one up um because i'm ceo of doing that do it <laughs> i'm gonna bring up cogenitor here from enterprise oh anybody remember Jennifer, yeah. That is an um, episode. Now that is an episode. I'm much like was it the was it Outcast in TNG? I believe I it was called Outcast. I think so, yeah. With the non binary society, but the girl who wanted to be a gender. And mm -hmm. they were sort of like exiling her. Those are two episodes that you could take offence to and but you don't because in context they sort of make sense but they were poorly handled. I know they're they're a big they're a discussion for a later day, but they that's what that reminds yeah. me of when people are like cancel culture and they get offended. And I know a lot of people attacked Lavar Burton for Cogenitor because he directed it. Oh really? And you're like, oh, yeah, he got a lot of stick for Cogenitor, particularly off like newer Trek fans that were rewatching older Trek. They were like, oh, Cogenitor was very badly. Right. It was a bit insensitive, like when you do rewatch it back, but I think. It's knowing when to be offended and when not. Like, it wasn't intentionally offended. They were trying to bring light to. So. I was going to say, yeah, because, like, back in, even in the early 2000s, like, the whole, um, the, 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 I'm always trying to figure the right ways to word these situations because, not situations, you know what I mean? Like, trying to word the subject properly without it sounding, um, dismissive or offensive. It's like, there wasn't as much spotlight on, what they were talking about at that time so like you know the the lgbtq community and onwards um wasn't as prominent back then i think in mainstream media especially yeah. dealing with these sorts of subjects which again we said we will get on to because i think that will probably be like a whole episode of like um that department in star trek itself because and how they handled it and stuff like that would be probably a very good uh topic of discussion at that point i think that would be a very good episode to work with um oh yeah but yeah it's, it's like was it done sensitively enough was it handled right and so on my opinion about stuff like cogenitor and outcast is that you have to refer it back to star trek which has since the 60s been very trying to push issues that shouldn't be issues like you know you see kirk when people are like oh i'm not having a vulcan on this bridge and then he's like well you can get off my bridge like mm. he belongs here just as much as you do and i think with cogenitor in particular they were trying to push sort of an agenda much like star trek do 
um, but they just didn't handle it very correctly. Like, and this is the problem with having diversity in the writing room. Yes, <laughs> that, they tried. That's that's one thing that Star Trek's always been good with, though. As as you were saying, like Star Trek's always been good with the diversity in the things. I mean, first ever um, interracial kiss that technically wasn't the first ever interracial kiss on TV because apparently there was a TV show before that that did it, but it was more known from Star Trek because more people watched it. Um, oh. I will need to do a bit more research into that so I can, you know, so I can I can uh, report back, see where I was right or wrong on that one. Um, but there was more eyes on Star Trek at that point. And even then, people were saying that you look at Kirk's face and then you look at Uhura's, Kirk, Kirk got pleasure from that. And he was watching the guy at the same time. But I mean, granted, yes, he was under the other guy's control to do it at that point, if I remember my episode correctly. But you could see the way that um, Shatner was looking and the way the character was looking in that one. Um, first syndicated show. Thank you, Pig. Um, oh, hi, Pig. <laughs> and yeah, it was the first uh, syndicated show on TV that it happened on. And... Yeah, there was a lot of people that were going, oh, I'm getting very... I hate to use this word, so I apologize to anyone who it might uh, offend or trigger or anything like that. Uh, it was a very rapey-looking kiss from Kirk, people were saying. Granted, yeah. as we said, it was under like a, a mind-control situation, If again, if I remember my uh, episode correctly. But a lot of people said that that never should have happened in that respect. It was good that it happened, but the way it happened was done wrong. Yeah, and I think I read somewhere as well that it shouldn't. Originally, it was supposed to be Spock. It wasn't actually supposed to be Kirk. And then William Shatner complained, yep. much in William Shatner fashion, which is very believable. That's, again, <laughs> that that's a show for it. But that's a whole show in and of itself. The Shatner situation. Oh, shudders! <laughs> <laughs> My threat ganglia are activated. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's Star Trek's always pushed the boundaries though. So doing that mm. was a thing. Like whether it was done tastefully, whether it was done right, whether it was handled well, is um, a different question, obviously. But I think a lot of things in Star Trek are handled well at the time, and then they age badly. You know what? I would agree. I think that is probably the best way of putting it. Very well handled at the time, considering. And I'd like to think they'll do a much better job if there's anything that. Is there any actually that's that's a good question is there anything in star trek modern day that they can do that's not already been done like is there any more boundaries that they can well, push i don't know but i'm sure they'll find some because <laughs> you think about it they've had the first interracial kiss we've had um non-binary actors trans actors um First full on characters. Characters as well, sorry, my apologies. Um we've had the first gay couple on screen with Stamets and um I keep forgetting his This is this is that tired brain cell just like, dude, we are we are so far. Pigs just took bestiality. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I did not want to say it, but um yeah, I mean, I mean, technically, Jancia has talked about um, many of her conquests that could be Didn't considered that. Jadzia have a thing with Morn as well. So that's slightly off topic, but 
she mentioned that she had a thing for him but Morn rejected her i actually watched that uh, episode a couple of nights back i think it was last night yeah she mentioned it because um what was it she was talking to wharf about wharf was jealous of her conquests or something still and and um she said about having it it was the episode where Morn faked his death yes, because they were after him for the gold press latinum and and she was like oh i you know i had a thing for him once but nothing ever happened because he rejected me or something i was just like I, why would you want to uh, re reject Jadzia? Can you Come imagine on. rejecting Jadzia Dax? <laughs> right? Like, Esri, yeah, maybe. Like, Esri, she was okay, but... But, but, Jadzia? Yeah. Oh. Yes, you could, you, you, just, Morn, what were you thinking, then? What were you thinking? <laughs> I did love the thing with Morn, where it was always like, he was just about to speak, and he'd always get cut off. That man never had to say online he had the easiest job on Star Trek ever. That is so true. I love Morn. I want to be Morn when I grow there. up. <laughs> he sits there looking grown, like looking, looking annoyed, but just like looking content within himself and just like, I get to sit here and drink all day, surrounded by all these actors doing their job and just be like, I'm in Star Trek and I never have to say a word. That's like goals. Him. That's goals for an actor though. That's the easiest job you'll ever get. True. Very true. Sorry, I, I was just thinking of uh, Morn Life for a minute. I got lost. <laughs> lost on the spaceways. Beautiful wives, uh, mud baths to sleep in, and just sitting there constantly getting drunk. That's that's where it's at. What a lot. Right? And like over a thousand bricks of gold pressed latinum to retire on got it good he's got it good and you've got quark as a best <laughs> friend kind of who would stab you in the wow. back anytime but you know absolutely sell him for two bars of latinum <laughs> yes yes absolutely true i feel this uh this this discussion is lacking one pivotal thing and we've gone this long without actually getting into it and i feel we need to do this before we do um either move on or decide we're gonna wrap up for episode one Okay, I'm scared. Cardassians. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> More so to Cardassian. Just, just, just give me, give, what, give us, give us. <laughs> <laughs> the best lizard man ever. Let's, cause, cause anyone who knows, yeah. anyone who knows, old Janeway here is a big, big Ducat stan. We'll always. <laughs> always fight his corner no no <laughs> no i will miss sell you on this one until no, you fight um... back <laughs> i will miss sell you till you fight back give us give us the uh do not ever say the word ducat stan i i can't believe i said no, the word because... stan to be fair like i've never used that phrase in my life and i very much doubt i will again <laughs> is that because i say it it's too modern. I'm picking up your I'm picking up your language now. This is terrible. Like, I blame you entirely. Here. Like, it's okay. I'll just blame Jonathan Franks. <laughs> oh, and of course we need that. I completely forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Carry on. Yeah. Oh, what am I carrying on with? Any anything Cardassian at this point? How many lights are there? Uh, wow! Wow! <laughs> Blame oh, Ross. That's four, like. <laughs> I love Gorma Drive. Can I just point that out? Like, David Warner, so good. Chain of Command is one of my favorite TNG episodes. And TNG is at the bottom of my list. 
That guy's oh, voice. Oh, that guy's voice is just. No. And then I watched The Man with Two Brains because he was in it, um, and I hated it. But I, I, I just kept looking at him. And I was just like, "Go Madrid, go Madrid, go Madrid." Totally doesn't have a Cardassian fixation at all. I don't. I can't name 15 Cardassians. I don't think that's because there was 15 Cardassians that really had a name, but I'm sure you could. I definitely can, but that's not the point. Go on. <laughs> 15 Cardassians, go for it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not exposing myself like that. I don't even know what a Cardassian is. They're the, um, <laughs> they're the, uh, the, the, the guys who live on Romulus, right? Um, oh no, they're the blue dudes, aren't they? Which ones? There's two. Dudes. Yeah, the, 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 the blue dudes. Oh no, they're not. They're um, they're um, <laughs> the, the ones with the funny noses. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because that definitely doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> See that? Oh, sorry, the foreheads, not the noses. <laughs> That's something I loved about Star Trek. I got to say, there's the one thing I absolutely adored about Star Trek: aliens. Ninety-nine percent of the time, were someone with a slightly different forehead or slightly different nose. Or something that went over their mouth that made it look absolutely impossible to eat with. Like, um, Quark's friend who Quark betrayed and got prison time for, and then he comes back to kill him, and he's literally got this weird little hook thing that goes from the tip of his nose and joins under his bottom lip. And I was like, how does that dude eat properly? Like, you got to slot it in underneath that weird-looking thing. <laughs> just yes all the all the weird kind of phrasing i think i know where your mind's going <laughs> you gotta <laughs> slot it into that weird looking thing where you, and 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 there you know what i'm gonna do for that i am going to blame kurtzman ladies and gentlemen that's your blame kurtzman moment of the week got it in there told you i would <laughs> i'm just gonna blame, i'm just gonna blame frakes <laughs> uh either or i'm good with blame them both they, they, they can both get away with it he but, has so much to answer for. Oh, he really does. <laughs> I mean, we could do this forever. We could probably sit here and talk for what? Six? Ten? Excuse me, twelve hours? About this stuff? Well, you brought up Cardassians most definitely. I can sit here for <laughs> another three hours at least on Cardassians. <laughs> well, there you go. Do you want a three hour long episode of nothing but Cardassians? Let us know. <laughs> it's <Boy>. just... <laughs> It's it's just it's that's the thing with Star Trek. There is always going to be a topic, and I feel that um, episodes are gonna just be Star Trek. Then we can probably fit, fit some stuff in that will be non-Trek. I'd love to talk about non-Trek stuff because I have nobody like IRL to talk about sci-fi with because nobody watches it. There you go. If you guys want uh, me and Janeway to talk about specifics, you know where we are. Just just hit us up in a Discord again. Hit us up in any other um thing where this is posted one of us will check it i'm very sure <laughs> it, it might be a couple of days but we'll we'll definitely check it and yeah give us give us some topics give us some discussions give us some uh uh things if you also like we said if you want to get involved we will be looking into getting some um guests on at some point there might be days where Janeway's not with us uh through reasons and stuff but this voice will always be here i know i i, I apologize 
this one probably will as well and it's it's a very fluctuating accent for which i apologize as well <laughs> but if, if there is ever a time where um janeway needs to step away from an episode for a reason or another you know life is life we we will never um Descartes visiting <laughs> yes Descartes has come to life and has decided to come and visit because reasons uh we may have some guest hosts on we might have um people that you've never heard from before in stream we might have people that you do know from stream again if you guys are listening anywhere else please 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 come and join us live when we do this again um can i say as well i'm having so much fun i really this am like this is this is a good thing this is this is what i've wanted from like all of those failed shows is someone that you can sit there and not have to think and just speak which apparently i do a lot of very well anyway but you know someone who's actually interested in the subject is always and you know we'll we'll uh we'll set a goal to get janeway a mic that is good at some point don't worry for anyone who's sitting there going so sorry <laughs> true for anyone who's sitting there going oh i'm not gonna listen to that money again because that microphone is terrible well you try to do uh a talk show with a um headset that's you know 10 years old fight us let me hear your talk show you probably yeah, got a better fight one me. than me. I like a good fight. <laughs> You've probably got a better one than us, but who cares? Um, for the next show, Lower Decks, Pig says, uh, Pig has oh. missed the Lower Decks section of this one, but... Um, we can rehash if he wants to hear it. There's not much of it. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we can rehash this super, super quick. Uh, I've watched up to episode, uh, episode 8. It's kind of good. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's It's middle ground i ain't get past episode one big i don't like it <laughs> yeah that's that's it that's the long and short of it it's 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 gonna take some time i like sharks that's it <laughs> it's gonna take some time on rewatches to um to to see whether it's worthy of the name star trek as a long-term thing but well, we will sure pig would love to hear We'll, the, the disco bashing that we did. <laughs> yes, I can imagine Pig will be on this when it's finished and when it's uploaded. It'll be like, right, let's see what it was. Because Pig, Pig has some, Pig has some interesting um, thoughts on Discovery, which I might do a J and Pig episode. Like, if you guys want like little bonus episodes where it's just me and somebody else talking shit for like twenty minutes about something, um, then. You might get some of those as well as time goes on. We'll see what happens. Uh, watch this space, they say. Don't fall out the airlock. Those uh, doors are a bit dodgy these days. But um, you know what? I think we, we've we've covered a lot today in the uh, hour and a half that we've been doing this already. It's been an hour and a half, genius. Mm -hmm. Including pre-show. <laughs> uh, which again, if you guys are listening somewhere else, I know I'm saying this a lot, but it will happen in the first uh, couple of episodes. We do a 10 minute, maybe half hour, depending on how long we can be asked to do for. Uh, pre-show, are you alright down there in engineering? Yeah, I just Fic drop shit all the time. Fixing that warp core again. Um, we will be having a pre-show live on Twitch. Um... So if you want to come and join us for that and then join us when we record live, come over to twitch.tv forward slash that Mr. J. Shameless promotion is shameless, but we'll hopefully have Not a separate spawn. channel for this at some point. Yeah, hashtag non-spawn. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
Um, but yeah, I think episode one has gone very well. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about while we're here? Um, not that won't last for another three hours. <laughs> there you go. You got something to look forward to for the next one. Um, if you guys have, again, if you have any subjects that you want us to touch on for the next couple of episodes or anything like that, um, we can take, uh, ideas. Um, if you have any topics that you want us to touch on in the long run, again, we can touch on and watch and stuff like that. We will do the watch along episode thing where we'll find an episode where we want to watch. Me and Jane will sit there, watch it. Sounds like I just said Jane, not Jane Way, because I said that so fast. <laughs> Me and Jane Way will sit there and watch that episode, and we will report back with our findings. So it'll be like a viewer fest for you guys to be like, right, we're going to sit here, watch this episode that you've given us, and we will give you our thoughts. Uh, we'll probably do that after the episode two, maybe episode three. We'll see how the next couple go. Um, if you like the live format, please let us know. If you like to sit back, relax, and listen to it pre-record, again, let us know. We can happily record it and upload it somewhere else instead. Janeway, it's been brilliant having you. It's, it's been awesome having you on, on this first episode, my captain. Thank you. It's been nice being here. You chat are great, as always. <laughs> do apologize for the sound quality. Hey, it's been fine <laughs> up until... I started talking, so you know we're 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 good. I I, I think we're uh, I think we're onto something here. Um, I think we're pretty much set up for 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 some good stuff in the future. I cannot wait, and I'm hoping this one will make it to and possibly past episode ten. And hey, look, if we make it to episode ten, right? If we make it past episode ten. Janeway will tell you the story of Ducat everything in that man's life up until the day he gets thrown into the fires of the par raids <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking i wanted to put you on the spot there for a second just to see <laughs> no. and on that uh magnificent disappointment i guess <laughs> or that massive shot I of anxiety oh there you go i will i'll do it there you go episode 10 the story of ducat as told by i'll James. read it like a critical role campaign <laughs> oh, I'm good with that. I, I think I think episode five is definitely going to be make Cardassia great again. Mm. It has to be done. I'll or... do it like um, Paul Stamets in, when he's doing his jester thing where he's like, attend, attend. I'll, I'll do that, but for Ducat. <laughs> <laughs> See, you've got an episode 10 to look forward to, guys. Um, I think on that note, that's where we're going to... We're not going to do any cheesy catchphrases or anything. We're not going to do a cheesy alien frequencies closed... <laughs> Why don't we Michael Burnham it? Why don't we just go, let's fly? Oh, see now you just took away my 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 end point. How could you? I'm How so sorry. You? This gonna, is the Michael Burnham show though. I was gonna say, I was gonna turn this into the Michael Burnham show as we left. Well Well, we have the same brain song. This is true. <laughs> I guess at this point we just have to uh say thank you all for listening. It has been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh stick Indeed. around around for that poor show if we do one <laughs> but um Heck yeah. you, you guys have been brilliant thank you for your input once again um if you guys have enjoyed it you know what to do and we'll uh, catch you on an episode 
cannot even get an outro done without messing up. Well done, Jay. Fair play to you. Um, if you've enjoyed yourself, thank you. We'll hopefully see you on another episode of Off the Bridge. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.